Welcome to the September 10th, 2018 edition of the BitcoinNews.com daily radio show. We cover the biggest stories in Bitcoin, blockchain, and cryptocurrency. This is your host, Space Marine, live from outer space. And this is Space Cadet. What is up, everybody? Now for our first story. Coinbase CEO says crypto space population will grow to 1 billion in the next five years. Space Marine. Affirmative Space Cadet. So the Coinbase CEO, Brian Armstrong and Coinbase is like the biggest crypto exchange headquartered in the United States. There's much bigger ones outside of the United States, like Bitfinex, Binance, Wobi, OKX, but Coinbase is the biggest one that's actually headquartered in the US. It's in San Francisco. Right now there's 40 million crypto users apparently. I don't know how they calculate that. That can't be exact and who knows. But he says it's gonna grow to a billion. So whenever I'm seeing like a growth stat, just like a side point, it's better just to look at the percentage of growth than the actual numbers because no one really knows the actual numbers for something broad like this. He's saying it's gonna grow by way over an order of magnitude. It's gonna go from 40 million to 1 billion crypto users in five years, so by 2023. And this is probably accurate, this sort of growth, because Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, but especially Bitcoin, Bitcoin is the most pure cryptocurrency, it's the longest running. And Bitcoin is going to overtake fiat. We keep mentioning this on every show. Basically, there's a lot of problems with fiat currency. Fiat currency is these dollars you hold in your pockets, the dollars you bring to the store. Venezuela knows the problems with fiat. They had to bring like a wheelbarrow full of fiat to buy like a loaf of bread. Yes, that is coming everywhere. Even the US dollar will have that problem one day. And how the fiat, well, how the central banks handle it is they like chop off a bunch of zeros over and over. They keep re-denominating. Venezuela just did that. They chopped off five zeros. So $100,000 became $1, or one bolivar. $100,000 bolivars became one bolivar. Back to the point, fiat can be printed. It could be changed. Like, there's a central bank that could control the interest rates for lending for our currency, that could control the supply, and they manipulate it and leverage it to balance their budget. Like, for example, the United States deficit for their budget is $1 trillion. Where does that $1 trillion come from? Because they're spending it. They're spending that $1 trillion deficit that's part of the budget. Where does a trillion dollars come from? It's from manipulating the currency. So they're actually manipulating one trillion dollars out of the United States dollar, like making a trillion dollars more out of nowhere, thin air. It's not thin air. It's coming out of everyone's pocket, basically. Everyone that holds dollars in their pocket, in their bank account, in their real estate, everything. Actually, real estate's a, a decent way to hold value because the real estate value will go up in terms of dollars. But back to the point, everyone that holds the dollars is the ones paying for this trillion dollar deficit every year. The deficit, the debt is $22 trillion. And so fiat currency is inevitably going to collapse. Like the US dollar is the strongest currency in the world. Like the rocket coin COO said the US dollar is the best of the worst and he doesn't think it's going to collapse. Well, I disagree with him. It might be the best of the worst, but it is going to collapse. And all these little, well, not little, there's like national currencies that are smaller scale than the USD. Like, we have the euro, which is about the same size as the USD, and then there's the Japanese yen, it's a smaller scale. And then all these little countries around the world, there's like hundreds of countries, they all have a fiat currency, pretty much. All those are going to start collapsing first. We're already seeing that. We saw Zimbabwe collapse, their currency, Venezuela's currency is collapsing right now. There's a lot of other countries with hyperinflation. So they're all going to collapse. And what's going to happen? We have Bitcoin. Bitcoin is decentralized. It has no central organization abusing it to balance their budget. Bitcoin is cryptographically secure. Not even the most powerful supercomputer can hack it. So let's say the governments really hate Bitcoin because it's taken over like it is. They can't hack it. That's very important. It has to be safe. And then it's instant. 
And so basically, in a world where fiat currency collapses, which is our world in the future, there's like the option of gold and silver, precious metals, or Bitcoin. Precious metals are a good currency in the sense that they can't be printed at will. They could be mined. And that's actually a problem because like if someone finds a huge amount of gold, it will collapse the gold price. That can't happen with Bitcoin. The amount of Bitcoin that's going to be mined is known. It has a fixed currency supply. Gold isn't fixed. But besides that, gold is physical. It's heavy. So if the fiat collapses and we have the choice of precious metals or Bitcoin, precious metals just won't work for international finance. They're too heavy. It, it costs way too much in security and shipping costs just for the fuel to ship gold in large amounts. Like a million dollars of gold is just way too heavy or a billion dollars. And people need to be sending like a billion dollars for international finance all the time. It just wouldn't work with gold. So people are going to choose Bitcoin. Bitcoin is instant. You can send a billion dollars with Bitcoin instantly at practically no fee, less than a dollar of fees, pretty much. And gold would be like millions of dollars of fees, like tens of millions to send a billion dollars of gold. Bitcoin's a dollar. And it's instant. Gold would take days to go across the world. Bitcoin is instant. And there's no restrictions on where Bitcoin could go. Like, gold could be stopped at the customs. It could be seized. And people would be trying to seize gold in a world where fail cops. They'd be desperate for money. The government would be seizing people's gold as it's coming through the borders. You can't do that with Bitcoin. You can't seize it. You can't hack it. So basically what Brian Armstrong is saying, he might not be saying this, but he's saying, yeah, it's going to go from 40 million users of crypto to a billion. That's because of all these things I just said, because Bitcoin is what's going to replace fiat currency. So yeah, it's going to go to a billion users, but then when it goes, because there's seven and a half billion people in the world. So this is like the beginning of the collapse of fiat where it goes to a billion users. It's going to go to seven billion users and the rest of them will just be people that are living off in the jungle or whatever that don't have money anyways. So, like, the whole world's going to be using Bitcoin if they are using money to begin with. There's some of the world that doesn't use money, and I wish I was one of them. That'd be nice. But for everyone that's using money, it's eventually going to be Bitcoin. So, it's going to start with going up to a billion users in five years, like Coinbase's CEO says. And then it's going to go even beyond that. That's what I think. Now for our next story. Rice of the blockchain, research lab, the latest trend in crypto, Space Marine. Affirmative Space Cadet. So there's been some big stories recently about governments investing a lot in blockchain research. Because, for example, Satoshi Nakamoto invented the first cryptocurrency, which is like the first really widely used blockchain. Because Bitcoin's based on a blockchain. This is a money form of blockchain. But the blockchain technology could be used for a lot of things. Like it could be used. One of the most common uses is supply chains. You could put everything in the su from the supply chain. Like let's say you're producing milk. You could put everything about the cows in the blockchain. You can put everything about the temperature of the milk as it's shipped in the blockchain, about wherever the milk went in the blockchain, how the milk was pasteurized in the blockchain, where it ends up in the blockchain, how fast it got there, how fresh it is. And so basically, you shorten and strengthen supply chains with blockchain technology. And so lots of that's being used, but the blockchain can basically be used for anything like that. And the, here's the benefit of blockchain. Like we keep saying about Bitcoin, it's cryptographically secured to the point that not even the most powerful supercomputer can hack it. So if you make a proper blockchain, and that's quite easy now, you can copy and paste a proper blockchain. But these labs are going beyond that. But anyways, if you make a proper blockchain, the point of it is it's immutable. So the info that's put into it, if it's put into it by reputable sources, and they'll have their own key, like someone will have a key where they can enter info in the blockchain, and you know it's from that source. You'll know it's from the producer of the milk or the transporter of the milk. They'll have their own keys and they'll protect those keys and then the info goes in there and it's not changed. They can't change it. So that makes supply chains look a lot better. When using blockchain, products arrive quicker and at a higher quality, fresher than without blockchain. Because all like you can manipulate and commit fraud when you're shipping products or making products. But with blockchain, it removes the fraud for the most part. 
And then you can expand blockchain technology to a lot of things. You could basically, like, with Ethereum, we're seeing D-apps, decentralized apps. They're using blockchain technology to produce, like, every sort of app. Like, everyone with smartphones, which is, like, everyone, knows all these apps on the phone. They're trying to produce apps with blockchain technology. And it's actually better, in a sense, because of the immutability and the transparency of the blockchain, etc. So, blockchain could be used to develop any sort of application, period, under the sun. And it's more cryptographically secure and more transparent. It's China has called blockchain the computer of trust. And it's a computer that creates trust. So China, even though they ban Bitcoin trading, they love blockchain. And China is one of these countries that's created these labs. China created the Digital Currency Research Lab. And I remember, I think I wrote an article about this, or at least someone else did on Bitcoin News. And they, they invested like almost hundreds of millions of dollars, maybe a billion dollars into this research lab. So can you imagine this? Satoshi Nakamoto had no funding at all and he created Bitcoin. Imagine if you invest like a billion dollars into a research lab with like the best scientists, the best programmers, and, and they have all this money and resources to produce blockchain technology. We're going to see blockchain technology from these research labs like we've never seen before. We're going to see such futuristic blockchain technology. Like It's like stuff that I don't even know what they're going to produce, but it's going to be like amazing. It's going to be beyond what we can even comprehend right now, what's going to come from these laboratories. And it's not the only one. They're going to be helping each other and competing. The Russian military is developing a blockchain lab. And there's many more. So we have a lot to look forward to in the blockchain and crypto fields as all these scientists work with like billions of dollars of funding to produce amazing futuristic blockchain technology. And we'll be covering it on Bitcoin News all the time as these new t technological developments come out. I specifically look for technological stories when new technology is developed. So you can count on Bitcoin News coming out with the latest info on the newest blockchain technology as these labs produce it. Now for our next story. Submarine swaps. Affirmative, Space Cadet. Submarine swaps. And this has to do with the Lightning Network. Basically, the Lightning Network is actually kind of like its own blockchain platform. It's supposed to be a Bitcoin scalability solution. Basically, with the Lightning Network... You send one transaction to the Bitcoin blockchain to open the network and you block up some Bitcoins in that transaction in a smart contract. And then there's a second transaction where those coins in the smart contract are dispersed to all the people that are owed the coins from the Lightning channel. And so you could send in between the two transactions on the Bitcoin blockchain, you could send thousands, millions, why not billions or trillions? You could send as many transactions as you want in between. So this is like the ultimate Bitcoin scalability solution. It's been gaining steam and now has over 100 Bitcoins of capacity, almost a million dollars. So Lightning Network itself has been scaling. Eventually it's going to be big enough that there's never going to be a problem with transaction fees on the Bitcoin network and it's going to scale Bitcoin. But here's the thing. The Lightning Network addresses are not compatible with Bitcoin addresses. So people cannot just directly send Bitcoins between Lightning addresses and Bitcoin addresses. They got to go through a software platform and like make the smart contract and then they have a Lightning address. Someone is creating submarine swaps, a scientist. He's creating this thing called submarine swaps where you could directly transfer Bitcoins to the Lightning Network blockchain. But then he's gone further than this. He's basically figured out that you could take any cryptocurrency and transfer it to the Lightning Network. And then basically, when this technology is developed, it'll be like you take any cryptocurrency and transfer it to any other cryptocurrency. So it's like it's going to create a massive, I think it's called interlopability of cryptocurrencies. So basically, it's just going to start with Lightning Network. I'm just going to stick to that. So he's creating submarine swaps so people could send Bitcoin directly into Lightning addresses. And then... Once this is developed, it'll be just really quick where you could send like Litecoin, Dash, Ethereum, everything into the Lightning Network. 
So basically, this makes the Lightning Network, the most important thing is it's a scalability solution for Bitcoin, but the Lightning Network could easily become a scalability solution for every single cryptocurrency with submarine swaps. This is very important. I'm going to be writing an article about this that's even more in-depth. It's coming out soon on Bitcoin News. Now for our final story of the day. Survey reveals a majority of investors are ready to increase their crypto holdings. Space Marine, take us through the story. Affirmative Space Cadet. So we already talked about on the show why Bitcoin is going to like overtake fiat. But then if you look at the market right now, Bitcoin is sitting near $6,000. And over and over again this year, Bitcoin has crashed to about 6000 It was at $20,000 in December 2017, but it's crashed to 6000 like four or five times now. Over and over, and six thousand is like a really good support level. So we're sitting near six thousand dollars right now, and it's not going up that much. If you look at the long-term chart, it looks like it's like asymptoting. The limit six thousand is just like slowly getting towards that limit and stopping there. As we know from the fundamentals that we just talked about, it's going to be going up a lot long-term. So six thousand dollars might very well just be the bottom, the perfect time to buy. So of course, a survey from Shares Post went out and asked institutional investors that are accredited. And to be an accredited institutional investor, you have, you have to have a million dollars in a bank account just for investing. So they asked these people that are really rich investors and also normal investors that they call like retail or commercial investors. And they said, yeah, we're going to buy more crypto. Well, of course, because these people that are investing already, they know what the market is and they see this is the time to buy. So yes, they will be buying. That's what this survey has found. One good indication was that when this initial survey was made, early in 2018, they did the same survey and only 2,352 people responded. They did it again and 2,490 people responded. So there's been more responses this time instead of less responses. So that's a good sign in the bear market. But like I said, this is a better time to buy. Earlier in the year when they did it, earlier in 2018, Bitcoin was crashing a lot. So people were probably quite disinterested, but now it's like stabilized. And the survey shows that a majority of investors, 59% of them, this is the institutional investors, I believe, are planning on buying more crypto and then 72% of consumers are planning on buying more crypto. That's like the retail investors, whatever you want to call them. And 57% of the accredited investors expect the crypto price to go up and then 66% of the consumers expect it to go up. So we got like more than half of both the investors and the small people expecting crypto to go up. And it's also interesting to look at the difference. Basically, crypto investors are less favorable than the small people. And the small people, like the small guys, the normal people, the middle class people, and the poor people are the ones that made Bitcoin go up to begin with. They decided on their own that Bitcoin is better. And all the small investments put together is what made Bitcoin go up long term. That's still what's happening. So like all this talk that institutional investment is so important, it is going to be important. But even without it, Bitcoin would just go up a lot long term. But anyways, the small time people are the ones they think... 72% of them plan on increasing their crypto holdings, and 66% of them think it's going to go up. The institutional investors, though, it's only 59% planning on investing more, and only 57% saying it's going to go up. So institutional investors are just less favorable towards crypto, and this continues a trend. Like, for example, there's Warren Buffett. He's, like, the best... Well, he's not the best investor, but he had, he's made, like, the most profits, pretty much, of any investor with his strategies, but he hates Bitcoin. So, like, when you get these rich investors, they kind of, like, are less favorable towards Bitcoin than the normal small-time person they like the stocks they like the bonds any normal major asset class they prefer it over bitcoin and then meanwhile the small-time people are a lot more favorable towards bitcoin like there's still plenty of big investors like we have all these crypto hedge funds with tons of big investors investing in each one so yeah there's plenty of big investors that are using their own brain and being like okay bitcoin and crypto is really important but then at the same time 
there's a lot of them that just hate Bitcoin, and there's a lot of brainwashing going on in the media. And we're trying to reverse some of that here by giving the real news. And that's all we have for you today on the BitcoinNews.com daily radio show for September 10th, 2018. Go to BitcoinNews.com 24-7 for all the latest on Bitcoin, blockchain, and crypto 24-7. We have stories coming out all the time written by our expert journalists. This is your host, Space Marine, signing out. I'm taking a ride to the asteroid belt. This is Space Cadet, and I am heading for Neptune. Adios, Adios amigos. amigos.